Hey, welcome to Flyover Footy and another week of our Flyover Forecast. It, it's been a couple of weeks, but I mean, and I've been gone a little bit, so you guys have been doing stuff without me. Um, thanks for joining us on Twitter Spaces, if if unless you're listening to this the following day on the podcast form. We appreciate it. And I we are live on Twitter Spaces. I kind of wish we were doing a, a live stream, though. Matt said there's something about having not as much pressure, but I really wish everyone could see Santiago, who just took a couple gulps of a beer with a bird chilling on his shoulder. How are you doing? <laughs> I'm doing great. Um, yeah, I have a little situation here at home, but I'm uh, ready, ready to talk soccer. And hopefully uh, my my guest doesn't uh, chime in while I'm talking. We'll have the bird chirping. And then if Margo is joins like she normally does, you'll hear her jangling in the background. And then, yeah, my name's Jake. If I forgot to introduce myself, I feel like I always forget to do that. Um, Matt is also with us. Matt Baker, how are you doing, man? Hey, Jake. Hey, Santi. And I would love nothing more than for the bird to start chirping on our Twitter spaces. I think that would, <laughs> the synergy of that would be a little too surreal for me. <laughs> yeah. So we'll see. We'll uh, see. again, if, <laughs> if you hear some random bird noises, it is us that, that is nothing in your backyard. That's actually right. If you're, if you're driving and listening to this, there's nothing going on outside. It's, it's on your speakers, <laughs> but, uh, coming up with flyover forecast, uh, we want to give you guys a quick preview of what to expect, not only from city on the weekend, but our opponents give you a little more insight on, on who we're playing. So it's not just a, a random guess, although this is going to be our, our first repeat game coming up, which we will talk in, talk about soon before we get into the preview though. In good old St. Louis City fashion, they know we're getting together for a uh, a podcast and we're recording, and they drop some some up- updates on us. Not just City, but MLS updates too. But first, I want to talk about the latest signing that City made yesterday. Uh, St. Louis uh, St. Louis own uh, artist Mastermind, who's the director of musical experience, which seems super cool. Uh, it's kind of like something you you haven't seen other MLS teams do. And uh, one of the quotes is uh, to provide an inclusive and immersive fan experience, obviously heavily involved in, in music and, and what that experience is going to be pre-show, uh, or not pre-show, but pre-game, post-game, and everything in between too. So Matt, what are your first thoughts on, on Mastermind and that, that announcement yesterday? Uh, so Mastermind has actually been to City two matches, and we've seen him uh, partake in uh, the Luligan drumming a little bit, or the supporter section drumming. Um, knowing who he was and what he was doing, it's kind of uh, you have that foreshadowing of okay, what role is he going to have with the club? Like there's clearly some kind of um, interaction or engagement or partnership that's happening here, and that was it feels like months ago. So I feel like this has been in the works for a while, and in like you said, typical city fashion, it's uh, kind of a groundbreaking thing for MLS where you started off the first chief experience officer role uh, city hired from uh, that exists in MLS. Now you have uh, the first director of musical experience. And to me, it just means that the game day, every single match is going to be uniquely St. Louis. And that's probably the most exciting thing. I've seen a lot of feedback about this is going to kind of create the ability to uncover um, and spotlight new talent, uh, musical talent in the area, and kind of give it that platform that is incredibly unique, not just in St. Louis, but in sports in general. Um, I'm looking forward to kind of how he is able to craft that overall musical experience into the overall game day experience, both pre, during, and post game. 
Um, and, and I think it's going to be incredibly exciting to see who we uncover and who we get to experience on the musical scene from St. Louis. And I think that what the club is doing by providing uh, like a feedback forum to, to gather crowdsourcing information and really making the fan base a collective part of this is pretty special and, and really fun to watch. Yeah, Santiago, your thoughts? So I love it. And I think we have mentioned this a few times on our podcast. This team, like, it doesn't stop surprising me. Like, they think about everything. And it's great because this is going to be another element of the fan experience. Um, yeah, this, this team is doing great things. Uh, preparing for 2023, like on the field and also off the field. Uh, Matt, one thing I wanted to ask, you mentioned that um, he has been at a few CD2 games. Uh, so did you guys know he was in some capacity with, with the club? Not officially. It was more, you know, he we knew who he was walking by and mm -hmm. somebody of his stature and, and, you know, his experience. You don't just, and I'm fairly certain at one point he was walking with someone from the club. So you don't just have him randomly show up and start walking right. through the crowd, um, playing the drums and just having soaking all that in and being a part of it without something behind the scenes being worked on. That's awesome. Um, I do have to apologize to everyone who's joining on us on Twitter spaces. Not until like maybe a minute ago, I realized that our mic on Twitter spaces was off. Oh, this is only our oh. second time doing Twitter spaces. So if you are tuned into Twitter spaces right now and you missed the first part of what we were talking about, make sure you, you check out the podcast, <laughs> which will be live tomorrow. I apologize, but we are. So if you didn't catch a lot of that, we've been talking about the signing of mastermind, uh, the director of musical experience, uh, Matt, you hit a lot of it that no one heard, but again, go back and listen on, on the podcast, well, but <laughs> go ahead. And in a way it's, it's forecasting next year's season. So it still ties into the whole flyover forecast kind of motif here. Yeah. Uh, what I was going to say is I think obviously they're putting a big emphasis on uh, local art. Like they want this to be a community thing in lift up local artists, which is super cool. They said they're going to have some uh, workshops later on in the summer. So if you are an artist, or if part like if if that's of any interest to you, I would just encourage you to go to the the city website and make sure you're following them on everything, which I'm sure you are. If you follow and hang out and listen to us, I'm sure you're like hardcore and you know everything that city is up to. Also, but uh, it's super cool that they're they're one of their goals is to really uplift uh, St. Louis local artists. And um, my other thought that I had was like hiring someone like him to do this role is so much more than as a guy who works in radio and I used to DJ, um, I would always refuse to DJ weddings. I'm just like, that is not fun at all. If you're a wedding DJ props to you, but it's never something I want to do. And I kind of see arena or like stadium DJs kind of on the same, <laughs> not on the same level, but it's, it's like this similar situation. Like what you're, you're in there, you're just playing these hype songs. Uh, like, sandstorm and, and that that kind of stuff so i think to bring in an artist like this who's curating the full-on experience it's so much more than a, a guy sitting there with a hype playlist to just push play uh when they're trying to hype hype things up um so that that's what i'm excited about is like a guy who's really into music and used to dj and that kind of stuff thinking of that full-on experience you it's going to be unique to anything else and i'm which is what they're they're going for and they're shooting for and that's what this club is is doing already so it's it's really exciting that's my 
my thoughts on Mastermind. I'm super excited. Um, you guys have any other thoughts or you want to jump into the big MLS news? My only other thought, I think, is I'm I'm looking forward to what he can provide in-game as well. So the the negative that you just made me think of are before U.S. matches, where they have that in-stadium DJ who kind of just, in my mind, ruins the vibe and just kind of overkills it very synthetically. And so I'm excited, and I kind of am interested in seeing if there's anything that that he is able to craft along with maybe the supporter groups and the drum line that's over there where they're usually autonomous and doing their own thing and everything. But if there's some way to tie in, you know, what he's doing with the, the noise that they are going to be bringing, I think that has some potentially unique and exciting opportunities. Yeah, that could be really cool. I mean, inclusive and immersive are the words they're putting out there. Immersive fan experience. How does it get more immersive than having show up, make noise, drumline incorporated in your pregame song. Like, yeah, that'd be crazy. So show up, make noise, fun. guys. Get on it. Go to that work workshop. It will be noisy at the stadium. Very. All right, so uh, the other big news we got is MLS signed their TV streaming deal for 2023. Finally. Finally. Um, and it's, I mean, Santiago, I want to get your thoughts first. I'm just, I'm super excited. I, <laughs> that's all I'll say right now. What are you, what I, you thinking? I am it? very excited too. Um, obviously, some people um, don't see it that way, but the fact that there won't be any blackouts, that you can, you will have access to to any game, I think that's great for the league. will give it a lot of exposure. Uh, another thing that caught my attention is that uh, this is kind of a worldwide thing, and uh, it's interesting because I had the opportunity to... Um, listen uh, to a press conference uh, with Don Garber and somebody else from MLS who at this moment, I don't remember who it was, but uh, it's funny because they kept making references about international things and uh, they made a, a couple of Colombia references. They mentioned, oh, if imagine if we sign a player from Colombia, we can push a lot of content, uh, content for the Colombian fans. And then they also mentioned Bogota on one of their examples. So I think this is great for the league. It will give it a lot of exposure internationally. And um, again, having access to any game and uh, not having uh, blackouts will be a big win too. And the other thing that I like uh, was that uh, it looks like there is going to be like a uniform schedule. Uh, the league will play on Wednesdays and Saturdays with some exceptions for a uh, for a linear TV games, but uh, I think that's that's also great, uh, and uh, it looks like there will there will be um, some specific times when games will be. If you think about it now, it's it's kind of all over the place. So I really like that too. Yeah, I I like that it's just going to be all like centralized in one spot. I know there's going to be people, and maybe they're already saying it. I I haven't been on social media. Uh, really that much the last week. So I don't know what the haters are saying. I, I can assume people are like, oh, just another thing I got to pay for. But I think to have it just at one one centralized spot, you don't have to worry about, oh, do it, what's on Fox Sports or what's on ESPN Plus today. Like it's all going to be there in one spot. If you want to watch your team, if you want to watch MLS, pay the extra money for during the season and you have it all right there, like no questions asked. Like that's what I, I'm, I'm excited for the simplicity of it. But Matt, I'll let you, go off a little bit. 
Not, not that. I don't know if you're going to throw hate. That's not what I meant at all. I just meant <laughs> like, no, get off your thoughts. Quite, quite the opposite. Um, I'm, I'm usually optimistic in most things, and this is, I think, I've swung in the furthest possible optimistic direction for this one. So I can't imagine that nobody who's listening to this has already seen the news or hasn't seen the news. But um, if there's anybody who is kind of curious or not really knowing what this is. Uh, MLS and Apple have agreed to a complete media rights deal for 10 years starting next year, where Apple is going to pay MLS $2.5 billion at least uh, for the life of that contract, meaning $250 million at least. There are potential for MLS to get more depending on the subscriber numbers that Apple hits. So there's that incentive both ways to grow the platform. And you guys hit the nail on the head. It's, it's that centralized place consistent match dates and times the thing we've been asking for forever as far as i can remember from mls it's you you want to take the ambiguity out of things you want to give people the the firm place that they know they're going to be able to find the matches when where why and how and this does it so it is every single mls match no blackouts garber said i think it was uh anywhere anytime uh any country and and that's how you can watch it so it's every single MLS match, every single League's Cup match, which is the, the expanded League's Cup, uh, all of MLS versus all of League MX starting next July, I believe, or next August, a one-month tournament. Select MLS Next Pro matches, select MLS Next matches, all on Apple TV. And the big... So there's there's two things that I think uh, that I've, I've heard questions about. Not really... Comp- well, one's a complaint, but more of, of just a misunderstanding or not really knowing, okay, how, how am I going to access this? Or, you know, or how complicated is this going to be? How many things am I going to have to pay for? And I think there's a, there's a podcast that The Athletic does, and I'll just give it a plug because I loved it. It's called Soccer Every Day. This Today, uh, June 15th, they interviewed Sam Stasekel, who kind of broke it down in 20 minutes. So go listen to that for the details. But it's really... Going into, it has nothing to do with hardware, so you don't have to buy new hardware. It's the Apple TV app that can be accessed just about anywhere. I have, I have an iPhone, I have a, an iPad, a Roku TV, and I have a, an Android TV, and all of them have the Apple <laughs> TV app. So you go into that app, and there will be, it sounds like this MLS streaming service, to be named later, but you don't need a subscription to Apple TV Plus, you just need to subscribe to that app. And we don't know how much it's going to be, $5 a month, $10 a month. But what we do know is that every season ticket holder to an MLS club will have free access to it automatically. And that to me is huge. They're incentivizing uh, clubs to up, up their season ticket holders. They're incentivizing being a season ticket holder by giving you this complimentary access to every single MLS and League Cup match. And that's just the cherry on top for all existing MLS fans, in addition to kind of making it, uh, to me, easier to grow the sport because you know exactly where you need to go to find MLS matches. And you just, you get this streaming app. But the the kicker is they will, similar to what they do for Major League Baseball now, provide free MLS matches here and there, maybe once a week, maybe once a month, some kind of game of the week type thing, free on the Apple TV app. So you'll be able to get the MLS experience and take in uh, an MLS match or two on the regular without paying anything. You just literally have to open the Apple TV app. I mean, no no monetary compensation, nothing. And then on top of that, you're still going to be able to take in matches linearly 
on what we're assuming at this point is ESPN and uh, Univision. So those two are the places that are in talks to bid for the linear rights. Uh, beyond that, the only other negative thing that I've really heard online is no local broadcasts. That's the one thing that they've said are completely out. So in St. Louis, that's no Bally Sports. Uh, in Seattle, it's no Fox, whatever, Fox 13 that they are the games on. So uh, those those regional broadcasters, those regional um, sports networks, they're they're not getting any matches. And to me, in St. Louis, where which is what we care about primarily, I don't see any negative to that because um, you know Mitch Maurice on Twitter today had the perfect point of the option for a local broadcast in St. Louis would have been Bally Sports. Let's be realistic right. that there ha- there haven't been uh, sporting rights given to exclusively to a network channel. It, since what the '90s, early 2000s, it, it doesn't happen anymore. So we're, we were, would have been looking at Bally Sports, which isn't even on most cable packages now. You have to get, you have, you have to get. I, I don't even know who carries it at this point, but nobody can watch Cardinals or Blues games on most cable packages. YouTube TV doesn't have it. Um, I don't think, don't think DirecTV has it, but I could be wrong. I just know there are nothing but complaints about the ability to watch Cardinals and Blues games now. None of that is a concern with City. All you have to do is log into this Apple TV app and get the MLS streaming service for whatever it's going to be, five, ten dollars. And if you and and the other thing, because I'll get off my soapbox in a second, the other thing is complaining about yet another streaming service. Well, let's take a step back and think how much were most people paying for their cable packages just to get a few sports channels to be able to watch that? Back when Bally Sports or Fox Sports Midwest was available, you were paying I don't know, 90 to $150 just to be able to have cable TV. If you have five streaming services, let's just say, I don't know, Apple TV, Peacock, Paramount Plus, Netflix, Amazon Prime, an average of 10 to $15 a month, that's 50 to $75 for all of those streaming services. You know, you're, you're not really looking at cumulatively paying the price of cable for all of this. Like to me, the, the, the value is still there with this streaming service. And that's not even to add the fact that Apple is stocking up on sports now. MLS is their hallmark. They're making a play for NFL games. They have Major League Baseball. They're going to be pulling more and more of this in. So we're just at the the very foundation of this 10-year deal. And MLS is at the forefront. So I think it's super exciting in that aspect too. And I'm off my soapbox. (laughs) (laughs) Another thing that is good for the league is the amount of money they got if you compare it to um this deal that is about to end is uh, uh more than double uh, almost triple the money that uh the league was getting for the current uh, tv deal so that's great for for the league and the teams are gonna see part of that money too so maybe it could lead to an increase in the salary cap uh teams may be able to bring um more players. So uh, it'll be interesting to see what the impact of that is. And and I don't see it as a seismic shift, but I think that podcast I mentioned earlier, uh, Sam broke down the numbers into what he expects the individual teams to get. And after, I mean, talking about MLS is going to have to increase their production capital because they're going to be producing all these games now. They're going to be probably getting studio broadcasts in because this also includes pre- Pre-game, halftime, post-game, original programming, 
uh, whip around show, all of this stuff is a part of this deal. And so MLS has to, and MLS is going to be producing all of their games. So they're going to have to hire talent. They're going to have to uh, have studio space. They're going to have to just increase their production um, capital by what was estimated as like potentially 50 or 60 million a year. And that's a, that's a chunk out of this. But when you break it down to individual teams and what they're expecting right now to get per year, after all of the things they're doing now and all the, the different cuts that everybody gets, it's estimated that in the current deal, teams are only getting about two and a half million dollars on the media rights deal per year right now. After this Apple TV kicks in next year, that's going to be bumping up to around seven million per team per year for the media rights deal. So that's a threefold increase right there that city St. Louis city gets to participate in and benefit from right off the bat. So that's exciting because that is money right there that can fund players, new designated players. It can fund a lot of fan experience stuff. It can do a world of good that we wouldn't have had this opportunity if we were entered the league two years ago. All right, quick yes or no. Will Ted Lasso be involved? No. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> cool. All right. Um, I do want to give a quick shout out to uh, Kashan, Kaiser, Adam, Joe, Jeff, and everyone who is live on the uh, Twitter spaces with us. Um, if you join a little late or if you, uh, I know Adam just jumped on here. So, of course, we're going to have this posted as a full podcast tomorrow. So make sure you watch out for that so you can listen to the full thing. I'm just going to get into uh, the preview now for this weekend. Uh, St. Louis City is heading back to Lawrence to take on Sporting Kansas City 2 at Rock Chalk Park. Matt's shaking his head. My brother lives in Lawrence, so honestly, I'm not too mad about it. Not that I can make the game this weekend and stay with my brother, which was my plan for this first one, and that failed. But uh, this is the f- the first repeat opponent, and it's repeat on the road again. Doesn't really make, make much sense. But Santiago, before we dive into uh, statistics in in Matt's full on breakdown. I, I just want, what are your thoughts? Like coming off the, we're, we're kind of on a good streak, hot streak right now, feeling pretty good. What are your, your just thoughts leading into the game, Santiago? Well, the team obviously, uh, is in great form right now. Um, hasn't lost, uh, and Matt, correct me. If I'm wrong, I think it's the last five, um, games. The team has five lost. game unbeaten streak. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, unbeaten streak. Um, as you said, it's an opponent that the team already played before, and uh, it was a win uh, in Kansas for this. So this will be the second installment of this Missouri versus Kansas derby or Classico. Uh, but uh, yeah, City 2 is in great form, but um, Sporting KC 2, they started the league um, slowly, lost quite a few games, lost to uh, City. Uh, early in the season, uh, April 16, but um, their last six matches, they uh, won four, uh, tied one, and lost one for 13 points, which is basically, they have 17 points, so the last six matches, they have gotten all most of um, their points. Uh, they are not very strong at home, and, and Matt can uh, provide more details on that. I don't know if it is because... Uh, they don't get a lot of fans, so that home field advantage is not there. Uh, but they haven't been a good team at home. So uh, hopefully St. Louis CD2 can keep the momentum and, and get another uh, three points. 
I personally think it's that nobody truly feels at home in Lawrence, Kansas. It, it just, <laughs> nobody gets comfortable there. It's a bad time. You just can't act. Nobody feels at home there. So that's my personal theory. Um, but no, the la- so you mentioned that their form at home has not been good. Their last, um, their last win at home was May 8th against Real Monarchs. And the Monarchs are a terrible team that there's, we've talked about that. Um, so they beat up on a terrible team since then, you know, they've had some good road wins, um, expected road wins against Timbers two, earthquake earthquakes two. most recently dynamo dose, uh, beat them just last week at down in Houston. So I think, um, I think they're, they, they are a team that is similar to the earthquakes two in where we should beat them, but they're, they're pesky. They're kind of a middle of the table team. We are, in my opinion, a, a better team overall top to bottom. Um, and the, you know, playing them at home, I think does bode well for us. And I'm sure the team has some memories of the last game. So the last game was played during our U S open cup run. So we did have some rotation that occurred during that. Um, we also had a couple memorable moments. So that was the last game where Eric Walker played. So that was his, he was injured in like the 33rd minute or so, uh, lost him for the season there. That weird interaction with Max Schneider towards the end of the game with the sporting KC coach occurred. So I don't, I don't know how much of, I don't think any of that's going to really play into it, but there's just some weird things that occurred in that last matchup. Um, we're coming into this game in third place, sporting KC twos in seventh top four, make the playoffs. Um, we are riding that five game unbeaten streak and a three game win streak. So our PK loss against white caps two is the only game in that, that we haven't won recently, but we've been in great form and we have had that, that run of three games in the past, um, you know, those eight, three games, eight days, eight points that we're coming off of. And we're now having a full week of rest, essentially, I think it was six days of rest. So my only concern is making sure we start off strong. I think that our team is in great form. Um, I think our entire attacking crew coming off that five goal outburst against fire two is just rocking and rolling and knowing how sporting KC two operates. This being that rematch does bode well for us. You know, both teams have seen a little bit, but because we were rotating a little bit early on for the open cup run, I think we have a little advantage in having seen more of, what SKC two will throw at us versus them seeing what we'll throw at them. Uh, Josh Doling didn't play in that game, for instance, against SKC two, the first go around. Uh, I think it was Carson Gibbs that started that, but that, that to me is the story of, you know, who's going to get the, the, the rematch win and SKC two. I, I don't doubt that they're hungry trying to climb the ladder, uh, been in better form lately. You know, their, their last three was a, a PK loss against white caps, a, a loss against Minnesota United two, and then that win against Dynamo Dose. So you know they're 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 not in the bottom of the of the league like a Timbers two or Real Monarchs. But I don't think that if we can continue our run of form, I I don't think that they'll be a huge threat. Do you have any like insight on lineup? I know MLS and Sporting KC are back in action, um, so it it won't be. I, I imagine we're not playing as many uh, first teamers like we have been uh, recently or notably in that Colorado game. But do you have any insight into that lineup or what we might see? 
Yeah, so uh, I, I I look at I look at their their lineup and their roster and the recent lineups, and um, they um, so they have a a lot of homegrown players, and they have some some players um, that are part of that uh, supplemental uh, roster spots, but um, I haven't seen a lot of um, like players from the first team. Obviously the the, the goalie situation is an exception. Uh, they have rotated. Um, they have rotated um, John Pulskam and Kendall McIntosh. They have basically kind of split the workload. Uh, I don't know how they determine who is going to start. Maybe they just want to, since they are the the backups for the first team. I guess they want both of them to have minutes. Uh, Pulskam has has started five games, and then uh, McIntosh has started seven. Um, and then and just Camp's at, a homegrown too. Yeah, he's a homegrown. They just resigned him um, for a longer deal. Uh, it sounds like uh, that's gonna be the goalkeeper of the future for um, Sporting KC. He um, he played a few games uh, last year when uh, when uh, Tim Milia was uh, injured at the beginning of the season, and and he did he did well. Uh, he's a good uh, goalkeeper. So I don't know if we will see him or we will see uh, McIntosh, but uh, it will be a, a goalie with ex- with experience at the MLS level for sure. Uh, just looking at some of their players that have played um, a lot of minutes, we have uh, a former St. Louis FC player as the leader in minutes mm-hmm. and also uh, games uh, played. Uh, Colin Fernandez has um, started all the games but one. Uh, has a goal and it's also the team captain. Uh, it's a, it's one of those players that, when he came to St. Louis FC, uh, it's one of those players. At least from my personal standpoint, I really like him. Uh, I just think he didn't get enough opportunities. I I don't know what happened. Like he he was in a couple of games and then uh, like the last six seven games of the season, he didn't play at all. So sometimes the coaches uh, may see things that we don't see, but I don't know why he didn't get more opportunities. But he's a good player. Uh, he's the leader of, of that team. Uh, although he's he's re- relatively young, he's 25 years old, he's the leader of that team. And that tells you like um, how much emphasis Sporting KC2 is putting on putting their young players, uh, their homegrowns, and some are younger players um, in this um, in this roster. Uh, another player that stuck out for me is their um, their uh, leader in goal scoring, uh, Matteo Bumburi, um, has four goals. He hasn't started all the games, but he is 17 years old, and he's already uh, scoring uh, goals uh, in MLS Next Pro. Um, he is a Canadian player. He's eligible for both Canada and U.S. Uh, recently, he played for uh, the Canada U20s in in April. Um, so that's a player to watch. So for now, I'm gonna shut up. I'm sure Matt uh, has uh, a lot of stats and facts, but uh, that's that's all I got. Yeah, so I the first thing is I want to know who to watch out for and what kind of matchups to pay attention to. And to me, it's 
uh, their goalkeeping. Uh, I would expect Pulse Camp to start this match because he's coming off of his first clean sheet um, against Dynamo Dose. And so I see him as the inform. You want to keep riding that hot hand. Uh, both of both of their keepers, McIntosh and Pulse Camp, uh, pose a threat, and both of them have have really done well um, against goals with goals allowed. So I, I think either way, we're in for a tough matchup in their in their net. But I would peg uh, I'd peg Pulse Camp to start. Colin Fernandez, I think I'm interested in how our defensive midfielders handle him because he, he kind of if you compare him to city two, he reminds me of like a Vitor Diaz where he's facilitating a lot of that action. He has three assists on the season as well as his one goal and all of the minutes he's, he's played. I think he is the most dangerous person that we almost need to man mark in a sense. And so whether it's Akil Watts or Max Schneider or AJ Palazzolo, I, I want to stop him from even getting into that attacking third uh, with the ball in a dangerous position. If we can neutralize Fernandez, uh, who God love him when he was with St. Louis, God hate him when he's with Kansas City. Um, I I would be happier if he was a non-factor right from the start. Um, the the stats wise, the things that jump out to me are they're not a goal scoring team. They have 17 goals in 12 games. We have 24 goals in 11 games. And granted, that last outburst against Fire Two, I th- I think that's more indicative of our play as opposed to, um, an outlier. You know, we, we have that fast pace attacking offense. We have a lot of shots against, um, to me, it was only a matter of time before more started to hit the back of the net. And so those 24 goals and 11 games played, I think we can continue that momentum for our side and on their, from their side, they, they don't have that much of a goal differential at all. Um, you know, their goal differential is 15. Ours is 23. So, they they allow a lot of goals. They allow a lot of shots, and so our 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 pressing attack, I think, has a lot of opportunity to um, find holes to really pressure them, get a lot of shots off early, and it, as long as we can have those high percentage shots that the strong xG um, early in in the match, I think we're going to control the pace and and hopefully keep the pace. They are a uh, they're a very very kind of they they like to play the ball up. They don't they don't send the ball long a lot. They have a lot of quick passes, a lot more passes uh perform than we do. So I would expect that if if and when they get the ball, we're going to see a lot of possession play by them and given our swarming attack, I think we're we've seen it in some of the other games Chicago we saw it where making them uncomfortable is important and kind of intercepting a lot of those passes, disrupting them. That's what we're going to see a lot of again. I, I see this matchup playing very favorably to our overall game plan. Um, one of the other interesting things that we're St. Louis City 2 is becoming very adept at are goals outside of the box. So we have now five goals scored outside the 18-yard box. Pretty impressive. Um, thanks in no small part to Akil Watts, who I hope starts this next match and I hope gets more of those opportunities like he had against Rapids too, which is just finding himself in the right place, right time because he pushes up in the right position. Sporting KC two um, noteworthy that they have five headed goals. So of their 17 goals, five have come off of headers. If there's one thing that we've shown a weakness in, it is um, defending against set pieces. So any of those I would watch out for, whether it's a, uh, finding a backside or a weak side runner. 
Um, even if it's just in the in the pace of play, having uh, crosses sent in and making sure that we're we're marking that person behind us. So if it's Ben DeRosa, making sure he's he's tracking back or Yarrow's helping out, like he is, uh, he did very well against the Dynamo Dose. So making sure that we're we're preventing those those crosses, those set pieces, and I think this game is going to play very favorably for us. Nope. Mic's off. Man, second time in a row. First, I mic'd everybody. I turned everybody's mics off on Twitter spaces, and then it was me. Um, <laughs> so, I, I, I mean, just capping off uh, your all your stats and everything and, and this game playing in our favor, do you have a, a preview? Or not a, not a preview. This whole thing is a preview. Guys, I'm struggling. My mic was off the entire time there. My, my um, preview has just gone to waste. <laughs> I don't know what the word is. No, I, I do. I, Score prediction. I us, yeah, I've got us winning three to one. Um, I think that, like I said, I think the game is going to play to our style and I see a continued heavy rotation in the second half. Um, I think we're, I would, I would envision us starting our, some of our stronger players. I really hope, um, you know, I, I want to see more of Aaron Hurd. I would love for us to start him. It was noteworthy to me in kind of researching the last few games that, he hasn't started since May 29th, and he's only played a combined 19 minutes in the last three games. So this week's stretch of uh, three games in eight days, he only played 19 minutes in two of those matches. So I, I've noticed that he seems to um, not, not he he just doesn't get as uh, involved in the offense when he's in there early, kind of meshing with some of those other attacking players as well. Usually he's out on the left side where he seems to be most comfortable. I want to see more of him you know, push him to keep getting comfortable. He, he's, he's very young. He's, uh, in, incredibly, um, talented. And so I just want to see more of that opportunity. If he comes in as a 60th minute sub, that's fantastic. I just want to see more of Aaron Hurd. I want to see more Fritz Vollmer. Carson Gibbs has had two starts in the last three games. He seems to be, um, get, catching his form there. So I wouldn't mind seeing more of him, but I think we may see all three of those players, as a uh, sub combinations, if they don't start, I would expect to see two or three of them at least in, in the second half. Um, and I continue to use all of our available subs, which I, I feel overall hacks done a great job of utilizing the subs to keep fresh legs. Cool. Uh, Santi, you have any predictions? Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go with St. Louis wins, uh, two to one. Uh, and yeah, St. Louis, um, I think is going to, uh, dominate this game, create a lot of options. But as Matt alluded earlier, um, Sporting Casey will probably start uh, camp And uh, he uh, he had a clean sheet last game. He, he, he had six saves. So one of the reasons why they won at Houston uh, is because he, he had a great performance there. But yeah, I think St. Louis at the end will prevail two to one. Um, and get this second uh, installment of the Missouri versus Kansas Classical. Yeah, I was also going to predict 2-1. I I feel like it might be a pretty aggressive game. I mean, kind of what we saw in the last one. And I, I feel like KC is just going to have an extra chip on their shoulder and really want to prove it, especially against us. Um, whether the players are seeing this as a real rivalry already or not, like, I mean, we are. So uh, <laughs> I, I think they are going to come out aggressive and that I, I also feel like that's going to just play into our hands a little more like we'll be able to uh be composed and uh keep frustrating them i guess like 
if if we can keep the winning the ball off of them, um, I, I think it bodes well for us. But I, I think it, it could be a tight two one. Um, well, one Matt, thing to watch you, for too. Oh, yeah. One thing to watch for too. You just mentioned seeing them be aggressive. Is Sporting KC is third in MLS Next Pro in yellow cards accumulated. They have thirty one yellow cards across uh, their twelve matches. So I would uh, look for us to make them uncomfortable and to try to make them make mistakes to kind mm-hmm. of get that number to climb. Yeah, and I think our run too, and especially in that last game, it just like I think it, it will give us a lot of confidence. I think we're we're riding on a lot of confidence right now, which will just help going into that that kind of game if it is aggressive and if we can like win the ball. That that just plays in into our hand even more to where we're going to be able to be composed because they're like just fe- feeling it, feeling the energy, and and I don't know. It, it's one of those things. I mean, watching USA El Salvador last night, I know. It was a, weird game but at first like before we went down i mean you you see us playing like el salvador coming out really aggressive but us playing with a lot of confidence and composure despite the terrible terrible <laughs> conditions but it, it's just yeah w- when people are aggressive and angry it's kind of easy to play on the other side of that and just try to keep messing with them you know what i mean like exactly. it's, it's one of those things where you keep messing with them but um matt you are you're going to the game right I am going to the game. Yeah, we have family friends we're going to see this weekend. Uh, and I am mostly basically dropping the family off, heading down for the match and uh, making it back up to KC for the rest of the weekend. Nice. So if anybody if anybody's traveling down, if you're listening to this on the way to Kansas City, uh, look out for me. Let me know you're coming. I hope, hope we have a few people that are traveling over or people in Kansas City or St. Louis City fans who are going to make the game. So it'd be fun to see who all's out there, fun to cheer on our club. Yeah, hopefully people go. I that I wanted to the first time, and I mean when they even released the schedules, like Lawrence, like I said, I got a brother who lives there. I'm gonna be at that game, <laughs> and now I'm just a, like a fake fan again because I didn't make that game. I can't make this game. Come on, dude. <laughs> I haven't made the last couple games. I mean, they've all been away. I was at Houston. So, uh, <laughs> anyways, uh, yeah, hopefully some people can make it out. And Matt, we did it again, except we went a little longer, 42 minutes uh, for our flyover forecast. I feel we'll the forecast. I feel the forecast for the game was decently compact. It's just the fact that, it, that yeah. we had those other, you know, newsworthy things that we didn't want to push to next week. We wanted to address them a little bit. That kind of padded padded the numbers here. Yeah, last time Matt and I went forty minutes on our own. This time we had Santi's with us too, and we talked a lot about other stuff. So we're 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 getting there. We're raining it. We're, we're doing there. a lot better. <laughs> All good. And, I'm surprised the bird. I didn't hear anything from the bird. I saw it staring at your head, Santi, but I thought it was gonna just like attack the headphones. But I think when when we go back and and listen to the podcast, I think you may hear a little bit of him. Uh, At least I hear him. So we'll see. (laughs) Awesome. I hope it's during your take. I hope he had opinions on your takes. (laughs) Maybe that's what it was. Because like maybe he's a he's a he's an sporting Casey fan. Who knows? But uh, come on. But yeah, yeah. We'll see. Oh, I just realized, okay, if you're on Twitter spaces, you have no idea what bird we're talking about because that whole part of the, that was in the beginning of the episode where <laughs> the mic was all muted. So go back and listen, <laughs> go back and listen to the podcast tomorrow, which will be posted. So make sure you follow and subscribe, fly over footy on all the socials and wherever you listen to podcasts. My name's Jake. Thanks for listening. As always, Matt Santiago, it's been fun, guys. Good to be with you. Great to be with you guys. That was fun. See ya. See ya.